Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, church family. Please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This is the third Sunday of Advent, and on this third Sunday of Advent, we'll be talking about love. What it means to move from an almost love to an altogether love. Now, what do I mean by an almost love? An almost love is a love that only loves that which is desirable, that which is perfect. It's a, it's a love that is only given when someone has their act together. But an altogether love is this love that is given, that helps to perfect. It doesn't wait for perfection. This altogether love is this love that God gives us, that God offers to us. We don't have to be perfect. God loves us no matter what. One of the things that, that hurts most whenever I hear it or whenever I see it is people who say, you know, I, I don't come to church. I didn't feel comfortable going to church because I don't feel good enough. I feel like I've done too many things in my life that I'm ashamed of, or too many things that people, if they knew about, they'd be ashamed of what I've done. Uh, I don't come to church because I worry about being judged in that way. I don't come to church because I don't um, have the right kind of clothes to wear. I don't go to church because I, I don't hang out with the right kind of groups. Or I don't go to church because I, I don't have the right words uh, to say. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think I can interact with, with that conversation. And so I don't, I don't go. So many ways, folks, saying, I feel like I've got to do something. I've got to be a little bit more perfect, a little bit more uh, desirable so that people would accept me. But God's love is a no matter what love. God loves us no matter what. No matter, no matter what kind of... Uh, what kind of failure we think we are, ways that we've failed. God loves us no matter what. No matter what kind of transgression we have done, God loves us uh, no matter what. God's desire is to be with us. So beyond failure, beyond transgression, God loves us no matter what. And that love is what can change the human heart. So I've got to tell you, I love love stories. I, I do. I, as long as I can remember, I, I have. And there's some really old stories that we tell 
epic stories that are told over and over and over again about love. Now we tell these stories over and over and over again about love conquering, love conquering evil, which it does. Uh, love conquering the worst part of ourselves, which it does. We tell these stories because they hold something to be true that we deeply hope is true. There may be, they may be fairy tales. Um, in some ways, they, they may be fantastical. But the core of it, there's some core truth that we want to hold on to. Even for, for a brief moment, we hold on to it because we want for it in some way to be true about ourselves. We want it to be in some way true about the world. What's an example of that? Take the story Beauty and the Beast. Uh, written in the 1740s, I think in about 1740, uh, Beauty and the Beast. And so you have this person who has become a beastly version of himself because of choices. He's become a beastly version of himself. And then you have Belle. Belle is this person whose, whose care and concern and compassion and love ends up rehumanizing the beast, transforming the beast. In the Disney version, they sing that this is a tale as old as time. It's true as it can be. It is a tale as old as time because we recognize that the choices that we make can make us beastly. And what we all want to hold on to, what we all want to believe, is that there can be this love, there can be this tenderness, there can be this compassion that loves no matter what, that can transform that which is beastly and brutish and crude, that which is sinful, and transform it into something that is beautiful. That's what we believe about the gospel, right? that though we are sinners, something beautiful about the love of God that has the power to transform us. And so we, both as religious people and, and uh, secular people in society, we tell these stories, we all tell this, these common stories is of this hope that, that love and tenderness and kindness and compassion, these things, that if they were done in an altogether kind of a way, in a no matter what kind of way, would transform 
the almost into the complete. Transform the the beastly or transform those of us who, who only love those who we feel are perfected enough to be loved. They transform us from being people who love in that kind of almost way to people who love in an altogether way. It also transforms those who've been on the receiving end of almost love. Folks who don't feel perfect or good enough. And because they don't feel perfect or good enough, they in some ways feel like beasts themselves. Well, it transforms, it rehumanizes there, it restores there uh, so that we can be and see ourselves how God sees us. As loved, as cherished, as beautiful. Charles Dickens offers us another kind of beauty and the beast type love story in his A Christmas Carol. Now, a carol, of course, is a song. And so he writes it kind of like a song. He has, it's broken up into five staves. Now, stave is like a musical staff or a verse or stanza. And these five staves are an exposition, a visit from three spirits, then a conclusion. So much like a musical piece. But in the Christmas Carol, it talks about love. Not only romantic love, but also love between parents and kids. Um, Love between siblings. Love between friends. And love for humanity, for your fellow human. And this love that is shared is humanizing. It returns Ebenezer to himself. He's become beastly. The choices that he's made across his life have made him into a beast. But through perspective, through some self-assessment and connecting with these various kinds of loves, he's returned to himself. Now there's a, um, there's a Doctor Who episode. Some of you know I'm a Doctor Who fan. There's a Doctor Who episode uh, featuring Matt Smith's Doctor, um, and it's titled A Christmas Carol, certainly based on Dickens's work. And uh, in it, you find a character named Kazran. He's played by Michael Gambone. Michael is also the actor who plays Albus Dumbledore in some of the Harry Potter series. But, but Kazran is this Ebenezer Scrooge-type character. He's done great harm in the present because of what's happened to him in the past. 
And so the doctor is functioning kind of like these three spirits and helping him see the, see the past and see the present. And there's this moment when, when Kazran is face to face with the doctor, nose to nose. And he says, go ahead, show me the future. Show me the future. I won't do a thing differently in the present. The doctor says, I've shown you the future. He says, what do you mean? Then he turns around and Kazran finds that there's a younger, the younger childhood version of himself staring at, with horror at what he has become. So the younger version of himself is, has seen his future. That's what happens when you've got a time machine. But A Christmas Carol, both in the Doctor Who setting and the Charles Dickens setting, shows us that if we could just see what the choices not to love would do to us, we might make a different decision. Well, God comes to us while we are beasts, while we were yet sinners. And God's love enters into our lives so that we who are sometimes beastly in the present, we don't need a, a time machine to do it. We who are sometimes beastly in the present can become beautiful because of what the love of God does in us and through us and for us. In Luke chapter 1, the angel appears to Mary and says, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was understandably confused by this announcement, and then the angel goes on. Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of David his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said, say what? And then the angel goes on. The Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. We see in this passage the, the angel announcing what was going to go on, but then Mary's saying, pause, time out. I just need a, a moment here. Let me ask some questions. I'm not even married. And the angel offers some more context. And then, verse 38, Mary offers consent. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. And then the angel left her. You see, what is true for Mary is also true for us. God desires to be in relationship with us. God desires to give birth to beautiful things through our lives. But God doesn't just make it this way, force it to be this way. 
God offers us choice. You see, God makes a daily choice to love us. God makes a daily choice to be in relationship with us. But we also have a choice to make. We give consent to it, to consent to that relationship, just as, as Mary did. And so we've got a choice to love as well. There's these, these choices to love that, that God makes and then that God working through us uh, makes that change the world. You know, my challenge to us this week is to remember that love is a choice. And so we seek to make the choice that God makes to love one another and to love ourselves not only when we are perfect. Again, that's the, the almost love. I only love you when you're doing what I want you to do, when, you're, uh, when I see you as desirable and perfect. But the daily choice to love that God makes is loving us even in our imperfections, no matter what. And so we seek to make that choice as we love others and as we love ourselves. And we seek to do it just as God does it. We seek to do it in a daily way. Knowing that if you love in this kind of way, whatever is harsh, whatever is brutish, whatever is beastly in the world is made just a little bit better because of our love. Whatever is harsh, whatever is brutish, whatever is beastly in our lives is made better because of this kind of choice to love. Again, we make the choice to love ourselves. We make the choice to love others. We make that daily choice to love God, to be in relationship with God through prayer, through the reading of scripture, through serving others in this world. It's a daily choice. And my challenge to each of us is to make that daily choice to love God and to love others. Because that's how a broken, a sometimes harsh, a sometimes ugly, a sometimes brutish, a sometimes beastly world becomes beautiful through the love, grace of God, through the consistent love and grace of God that God offers us and that God's people offer the world as well. In a moment, we'll celebrate the sacrament of Christian baptism. It's more than just a sign and a symbol of God's grace. It is God's grace washing over us. It's God's love being poured out uh, on our lives through grace. And so we celebrate, as we celebrate the sacrament of Christian baptism, we remember and become 
reconnected to this sense that God loves us each and every day. God claims us. But God also asks for our consent. And so we approach the sacrament of Christian baptism saying what we will do, saying what we believe as we both claim God, claim this grace that's for us, claim this love that is poured out on us, even as we are claimed by this grace and this love. Let us join together in the sacrament of baptism. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you, and we hope to see you soon.